You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On NFL Podcast Fridays. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On NFL Pods. It's Bo Brock. That's me. Give me a follow at Bob Rack and my co-host, host of the Locked On Raiders Podcast, your boy Q. Give him a follow as well. Your boy Q254. And it's a Thursday night football from last night. The fact the Falcons, believe it or not, they actually held on to a lead. Thursday night football, they took out the Carolina Panthers. We got a full recap for you how they did it. Because Q, the Dirty Birds, they, oh, those rascals, they did it again. They left the door open in the fourth quarter for Carolina to potentially come back. But luckily, they pulled this one out. Yeah, you know, it's funny, man. It's, it's like one of those running jokes of uh, 2020 is the fact that uh, the Falcons will find a way to not win but lose as they have uh, multiple times throughout the season. And I just knew. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a wrap. Uh, Carolina's going to find a way to get back into this one and win it. And like you said, right at the end, man, it looked like they were going to have a chance to at least go down and tie it as they were only down eight points. But uh, come up with a big play at the end. The Falcons come up with a big play and seal the deal. And so they pick up their second win of the season. Uh, but, man, I'll tell you, I, I sure thought that and I think that this is what we're going to do every time they take the field is that they might play three quarters really good they might play three and a half quarters really good but we all will be watching the game for that fourth quarter collapse that's just kind of the theme of 2020 for the Falcons and don't look now the Atlanta Falcons in week nine they're going to take on the Denver Broncos so they have a potential chance to string together some wins we've got a big podcast on tap for you We've got a top NFL, the top NFL draft draft prospect testing positive for COVID-19. How much time is he going to miss? We preview one of the best rivalries being renewed in the Sunday six-pack and the 2020 first-round quarterback gets his first start, plus a guy named Ben DiNucci is starting at quarterback for the Cowboys this week. Yes, the pride of James Madison. Go Dukes. Transferred from Pitt. He's going to be starting under center of the shotgun, whatever you want to call it, for the Dallas Cowboys Q. Yeah, and uh, we'll see how that goes out. We'll see how that shakes out, man. Uh, there's not a whole lot of confidence as far as I'm concerned when it comes to Ben DiNucci. I will say the media in Dallas has already given him a nickname, Gucci with Ben DiNucci, and so he's bound to <laughs> fail when you have a name like that. I just, I mean, look, let the guy go out there and start a game or two before you give him a Gucci name. So uh, that's not a good sign as far as I'm concerned, man. You can't have a nickname before you've uh, well gone out there on the field and done anything as far as a starter goes. Q, you can't have a nickname with Gucci in it when your career high in passing yards came against Elon University. That's a good point. That's an even better (laughs) point. Yeah, you can't be Gucci if you've only done that. You're absolutely 100% correct on that one. And we're going to talk to our guy Chad Millman of the Action Network. He'll join us. Which team is he going to cash in on between the Browns and Q's Raiders? Oh, that rivalry is also renewed. And a good game between two young signal callers, that battle, but it gets better by throwing some cash on it. We'll tell you which game. It's all coming up here on the Locked On NFL podcast. But thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of the people can be Ben DiNucci and play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league. The League of Football Watchers, this football season will be different. And Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. 
Pepsi, the refreshment you need to power through game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Thursday night football, they left the door open, but the Atlanta Falcons were able to hang on for a victory on Thursday night over the Carolina Panthers. That's your Locked On NFL lead story. I'm Bo Brock along with your boy Q. It wasn't without a healthy sweat and late drama, but Atlanta, they hung on to defeat the Carolina Panthers 25-17 Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. It was a back-and-forth affair. It was actually a pretty entertaining game considering when you look at the records and you try to predict the future for these two teams. Not a bright future for either in 2020, but it was a good game. And like I said, drama at the end. Late drive, Teddy Bridgewater picked off, and the Falcons preserve the 8.1 Q. You know, I'll tell you, I know that uh, both teams are, are really struggling, but you know I've been a guy that's been on here multiple times talking about them Carolina Panthers and what Matt Rule's doing. And that game was, even though, you know, Carolina comes away with a loss, you could see the direction that they're going. You could see that this team is tough. They've got that fight. They've got that Matt Rule grit, what he had at Temple, what he had at Baylor. He's just, he's just cut from that cloth, and he does it the right way, in my opinion. And so Carolina is, is going to trend in that. I think they are trending in the right direction. Of course, they still got to find out ways to win games and finish them at the end, but that's what you get from a brand new head coach in the league. And, you know, 2020, this COVID year, been really, really strange. But I'll tell you, man, Carolina, any Panther fans, they got to feel good about the direction that they're going. And now, on the other hand, Atlanta, with all the shenanigans that they've had this year, and, well, they find a way to hold on to a victory on Thursday night. Uh, I was kind of impressed that Dante Fowler, in my opinion, finally showed up and, and uh, you know, had some big moments and really caused that, uh, that interception at the end by thrown by Teddy Bridgewater. And then Matt Ryan used his wheels to get into the end zone. I thought that that was a pretty good sign right there. Uh, Julio Jones, he has a big game. And, uh, Bo, it makes me question, is that the last time we'll see Julio Jones in a Dirty Birds uniform? Will he get moved before the trade deadline, which is next Tuesday? Or is it all for nothing? Is it just a lot of smoke with no fire? Yeah, I think it's smoke when it comes to Julio Jones. You hold on to a player like that. You got, a, he, you got him locked up anyways. Keep him, let him retire in a Falcons uniform. So I don't think that Atlanta is really going to go out there and realistically field offers from Julio Jones, but I hear what you're saying. Something has to change as far as the Falcons are concerned. I mean, you've had this group together, and ever since they squandered 28-3, we know all about it, in the Super Bowl to the New England Patriots, something ain't been right, and they need to figure something out as far as, you know, do they just have to just detonate this thing? Uh, now, it's going to be tough. I mean, we talk about Julio Jones. He's got a con- he's under contract. We've got Matt Ryan, who's got a ton of dead money attached to his contract. Like, an absurd amount of dead money attached to his to his contract. So as far as being able to move Matty Ice, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think the only guy that's going to be moving out of Atlanta be, be, between now and Tuesday is Tack McKinley, the former first-round pick out of UCLA. I think that's the guy that's probably going to move. Julio, it would just command too much. I don't think the Green Bay Packers are willing to part with what it would take to bring him in. They might. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to be, you know what, he's got a few more years, and if you got a good thing going and you feel like one guy could put you over the top, you win a Super Bowl, man, or you get to the Super Bowl, you got a couple years of, okay, we're in the clear now. And so, you know, you've been there, done that. So uh, they might they might go ahead and pay a premium to, to get Julio Jones because they feel like they could, he could put them over the top. But, again, I mean, it, it's got to be a team, in my opinion, that feels like they're really, really close. Yeah, it seems like that's the only thing 
thing that may, might keep a guy like Julio Jones happy as we talk about him wanting and asking for more cash, maybe winning finally for the first time since their Super Bowl appearance, that, that'll that finally keep him happy and he can continue to count all the dollars that he's renegotiated with the Atlanta Falcons over the last couple of seasons. Right. Now, I, I do want to talk real quick about what you mentioned about Matt Rule and this Carolina Panthers team. This defense is covered with pretty barren going into the offseason and what they've done and what they've added, you know, as far as uh, in, in the first round pick and, and Derek Brown, he had a quiet game, but I've liked what I've seen from him this season. And then you couple him with a Brian Burns, yep. you know, rushing the passer and Jeremy Chin just uh, all love, over the field. Love him. I like love those Jeremy young Chin. pieces. Yeah, absolutely, man. Jeremy Chin, all those guys. I really respected that the Panthers went into the draft and drafted all defensive guys. Knowing that where their biggest weakness is, they went and drafted everybody defensively. Then they went out and signed some undrafted free agents that were on the defensive side of the ball. And, I mean, that hadn't been done in the draft before. And they did it, and they, they're going and addressing it, and they know that that, hey, Matt Rule's got some time to get that thing turned around. But, man, uh, I I definitely I like the direction they're going. And it reminds me, Bo, that of what uh, Brian Flores did in Miami last year when everybody thought that they were going to tank and try to get the number one overall pick. And he's out there coaching his tail off and winning games. And everyone's like, well, what are you doing? You're ruining your chance of getting to a They end up winning five games, and they still get their guy. So uh, <laughs> I feel like that's kind of the same blueprint that Matt Rule's doing there in Carolina. Yeah, very reminiscent of 2019 Miami Dolphins. And for more NFL news, make sure you're following, you're subscribed to the Locked On NFL podcast. Before we get into our Sunday six-pack queue, the big news came down last night that top NFL draft prospect Trevor Lawrence, quarterback for Clemson, was COVID positive. He's going to be out in their contest against Boston College the ACC doesn't have the absurd Big Ten, like 20, 21 day uh, <laughs> incubation period or whatever it is. So he can come back, I think, 10 days. 10 days, yep. You know, Trevor Lawrence is the type of prospect where he, if he doesn't play another down at the college level, he's still probably going number one next spring. Oh, yeah, no doubt. He's definitely going number one. I mean, this isn't going to mess with his NFL draft stock at all, but this will mess with uh, his team. You know, I mean, that's a big blow for the number one team in the country. You know, a team that has aspirations to be not only in the playoffs, but go win a national championship. I mean, because he is going to miss, you know, probably 10 days and uh, he potentially could end up missing a a matchup with Notre Dame. And that that could be a pretty big deal if Notre Dame is that team. Uh, Either way you look at it, man, I mean, that it's a it's a big blow and just another sign and another. Another example of uh, this COVID-19 thing doesn't take any prisoners. It doesn't uh, discriminate. It doesn't have no eyeballs. It don't care who you are. If you're the number one pick or the number 247 pick, uh, it can it can come after you. And so it did. Uh, that was a shocking news on Thursday night that Trevor Lawrence uh, came up COVID-19 positive. Could also take him potentially out of a Heisman race. Yep. But as far as his NFL status, uh, a lot of people calling him the most uh, pro-ready quarterback since Andrew Luck. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. Bo Brock, your boy Q. We have our Sunday six-pack. It's coming up in just a few minutes. We'll get into it as the be- one of the best rivalries is renewed in the AFC North. Baltimore. Pittsburgh, who you and I like in this contest, we'll get into it. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. Before we get into that, though, let's talk about Pepsi. It's the title sponsor of the show today. And thanks to a lack of national athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, 
Fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. Instead, entering the NFL, they'll join another league, and that's the League of Football Watchers. This football season is different. Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch it. I know, Bo, sometimes you have folks over at the house. You have a little bit of party while you're watching the Cardinals, Kyler Murray and company. I like to kind of chill at the house and study the Raider games. But either way you look at it, Pepsi's a refreshment you need to power through any game day. Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Let me tell you about Built Go. It makes the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall, whether it's a mental or physical wall. Break through it with Go every day. It's easy to take. One and a half ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Your golf bag, the power through the back nine. Keep your focused on the greens, hitting those fairways, or put it in your pocket to just get through the day. Bilko's the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. And it's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. Three delicious fa- flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. How does Bilko work so well? Because it combines energy gel with collagen protein. You're not a chemist. You don't know what that means. So let me tell you, collagen protein is a fast absorbing. So the gel, it gets into your system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with the good stuff to ignite my work. Built Go. It then kicks in to keep me going. B6, B12, all the great vitamins that you need. And collagen promotes joint, soft tissue hair, and skin health. You'll have a better, more luscious mane. This stuff literally makes you look better. Go to visitbuiltgo.com. Use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Using the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at builtgo.com. Let's go. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Podcast on this Friday. Bo Brock and your boy Q, and it is our time to jump into our favorite segment. I believe it's our favorite segment of the show, and I think a lot of listeners are really feeling it as well. We get to pop open a six-pack, and what I mean by that is I get a handful of games. Bo gets a handful of games. We break them down. We tell them why you like them, and I'll let you know what intrigues us about these games. So, Bo, let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into the six-pack. What is your first game? All right, my first frosty cold one. It's got playoff implications, as many of the games this week do, but it's also got a young quarterback making his first professional start, and that's Tua for the Miami Dolphins at 3-3. Three and three, The shocking move made by Brian Flores to switch to Tua Tungalavea after Ryan Fitzpatrick and all his Fitz magic through six games. And after their bye week, they're going to they're gonna throw Tua to the Wolves or, you know, Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey in start number one against the five and two Los Angeles Rams. And man, this one has a lot of star power, a lot of intrigue. And I just can't wait to see because look, the Rams, they, they've got to get this one done. They can't just be, you know, Tua can't have that cloak of the unknown as far as him being a rookie starter and not having too much tape on the professional level, just what you have from what he's able to accomplish at Alabama. But, I mean, the Rams got to keep pace in a tough NFC West. And the Dolphins, I mean, there's opportunity, of course, in the AFC East with, uh, you know, the Patriots struggling and, and the Bills. You know, next thing you know, if you drop a game and you go to three and four, you're right out of the thick of things. Dolphins have been playing well. I think the Rams on the road, though, going across the country, going against the rookie quarterback, as much as a lot of people are pulling for Tua, I think that this is going to be a Rams game and this defense could potentially feast on a rookie quarterback. 
You know, I, I feel exactly the same as you do, and, and this game is so intriguing to me. I'm a big Tua fan. I like uh, I like most players that come out of Alabama, and of course, he was the Alabama lefty, and so uh, there's multiple reasons why I'm watching this game and want to see what he's able to do. A lot of lefties aren't really the most successful quarterbacks in the league, first of all, but, uh, you know, this is going to be one of those decisions by Brian Flores that is going to be second-guessed forever if it doesn't go the way that he's hoping it goes, which is continuing their success. Again, the Dolphins are on a two-game winning streak they go into the bye and decide, hey, we're going to pull the guy who's been helping us get there. And I don't blame him because we kind of know who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. We're going to put the young pup in Tua uh, Tagovailoa and see what he could do. And so uh, if it works out, then it's a great genius move. If not, it backfires in their face. It's going to be something to second guess. And then, like you mentioned, man, the Rams, they've just got to keep pace in the NFC West. Man, that division is a, a dogfight. Every single one of the teams in the division is really, really good. It's almost embarrassing that they're so good in the NFC East is so terrible and they almost should be eliminated out of the league they're so damn bad uh but kudos to the nfc west so uh, for those multiple reasons i'm definitely intrigued by this game let me go ahead and crack open a cold one for you or for me actually the, my first cold one I, I talked about the nfc east aka the nfc least how about this sunday night football matchup the cowboys sitting at two and five and the eagles sitting at two four and one. First of all are you kidding me this division has six total wins right now absolutely ridiculous but it's like who who wants it more who wants to lose more who wants to get the higher draft pick i don't know what either one of these teams are playing for um you know the eagles they haven't started selling off the farm yet the cowboys are starting to make some move and shaking uh, getting some younger players in there getting some of their old heads out of there i, I just don't really know what to expect uh, of course the the quarterback uh, not controversy but uh, the cowboys are on their third string quarterback at this point so there's a lot of almost elements of I, I want to kind of get a good laugh out of this game uh, you know to see who, who's actually going to come out with the victory so it's Sunday night football one of the most reasons I'll be intrigued but two and five versus two four and one should be interesting to see how it shakes out period yeah no doubt about it I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the heck is going on maybe Jerry Jones and the rest of the NFC East owners have pictures of you know people who are making decisions and putting NFC East teams in primetime spots. We've seen the Cowboys get blown out on Monday Night Football. We saw on Thursday Night Football, Eagles-Giants last week. And then we've got another one where we're going to have to watch the Cowboys and Eagles on Sunday Night Football. We already had a flex last week. Flex this damn game out <laughs> of it. Like, nobody wants to see this. But, yeah, there still is so many. There's so much to be found out about this division and who's going to take that one playoff spot. It's going to be one playoff team from the, the NFC East. And that's not me going out on a limb. No. But the Cowboys have been atrocious. There was, you know, the Andy Dalton gate after the Washington football team, like, rung his bell. And a lot of his Cowboys teammates didn't, you know, come to his defense or his aid. It, they're just a, in a complete mess. I got to I gotta assume that Carson Wentz and this Eagles offense are going to get enough done to where the Cowboys can't catch up. And, uh, I mean, the Cowboys are sellers already, already making trades. It's uh, it's this is kind of the Eagles' division to lose. Look, I, I won't, you know, they're very fully capable of dropping this game, but uh, I think they're going to win it. Let me get to uh, my next uh, cold one of the six pack: Saints and Bears. Ah. And I think this is a this is a matchup of a pair of teams where, at the beginning of the season, they had the wool pull over the eyes of NFL football consumers, where the Saints kind of struggled out of the gates and the Bears got off to a hot start. And I think the Saints at four and two and the Bears at five and two, the Bears are going to keep coming back down to earth and the Saints are going to continue to kind of stack some wins here. 
They did that last week against Carolina. Expect Drew Brees and crew, despite kind of being hobbled a little bit, to continue to do so as they get a little bit healthier. And I think that Drew Brees and in this squad on the road at Soldier Field are going to humble this Bears team once again. That was only able to muster ten points, and it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't. You know, that was because of their defense against the Rams on right. Monday night. It's uh, they're going to continue to uh, to struggle here and drop to five and three. Yeah, I think so as well. The Bears have a really good defense. We all know that, led by Khalil Mack. They got Eddie Jackson on the back end, who scored that defensive touchdown for the Bears Monday night against the Rams. But I'm with you, man. I, I just don't see Nick Foles being the answer. We know Mitchell Trubisky's not the answer. The offense for Chicago just struggles, and uh, you know the Saints. They they may be doing it a little bit quietly this year, but they're still finding ways to win games. They still have Drew Brees. They still have the mastermind Sean Payton. Got a lot of guys injured, but they're kind of getting them back. And, you know, there's always going to be this mystery behind Michael Thomas. I don't really know what's going on behind closed doors with him. It's got to be more than just an injury here, an injury there, a fight with a teammate here, a fight with a teammate there. It's got to be a little bit more. It's a little bit of a mystery, but they're still finding ways to win. So uh, I think that the Saints will find another way to get a victory and, uh, like you mentioned, uh, drop the Bears, kind of humble them to 5-3. and three. Uh, Let me give you uh, another game in my six-pack. Let me go ahead and crack open this one. And this is a, this is a game of... Uh, uh, underwhelming teams as well and I don't know why I'm a glutton for punishment I guess but uh, the two and four Chargers <laughs> at the two and four Broncos AFC West showdown and you know what I do know why I like this game uh, more and more even though uh, the team's records aren't very good I like what Justin Herbert brings to the table I really do I like these young quarterbacks I like to see what they got you know I feel like that the NFL's in a good place with a lot of these young quarterbacks and Justin Herbert uh, for a guy that I had a lot of questions about coming out of college I didn't know if he was really going to be a dude in the NFL so far even though he's only got one win under his belt he looks like he's going to be a dude so uh, the Chargers they travel to Denver uh, to take on the Broncos I don't know I think it looks like the Broncos are kind of a mess so I'm going to roll with the Chargers in this game but because of Justin Herbert that's why I'm really intrigued about this one and that's why I love the Chargers in this one. I think the Bolts have the best quarterback in this uh, contest. Drew Locke's been struggling since he's come back from injury. I think there's still a lot of question marks on whether or not he can be the guy in Denver. But, man, Justin Herbert is absolutely showing all of those Chargers fans. Well, I shouldn't say that. The Chargers fan, whoever he is, <laughs> that he's the guy. I mean, he's got better rookie numbers than Joe Burrow, the number one overall pick, and it's not even close. Right. Justin Herbert can spin it, man. He can make all the throws. And he's got the you know the leadership qualities you want. I really like what I've seen from Justin Herbert, the rookie out of Oregon, uh, just uh, doing a great job. And you can see why Anthony Lynn, despite you know you feel bad for Terod Taylor, you know the, the the where he had the punctured lung that he got kind of knocked out of the starter's position. But why Anthony Lynn decided to just move forward with Herbert from here on forward, and uh, it's it's making sense. I like the Bolts in this game. My last addition to the six-pack is a showdown in the NFC West. It was the two teams that on the last week of the season were vying for the NFC West title, and it's the San Francisco 49ers at 4-3 and three, taking on the 5-1 and one Seattle Seahawks that we saw on Sunday Night Football squander a lead to the Arizona Cardinals and suffer their first loss of the season. So we've got to see how the Seahawks respond. Now, they've responded by adding to their roster. They made the trade for Carlos Dunlap. I don't think he's going to be available due to the COVID rules that are in place as far as the NFL and transactions are concerned. So the pass rush, is it going to be right uh, in time to face the 49ers? Probably not. But I think that the Seahawks, there's it's probably going to be another shootout. We're probably going to see a bunch of points put up unless the 49ers can kind of slow things down. 
they've got their own problems. They're not as well-oiled offensively as the Seahawks. Can they keep up? This is just a big game. I mean, the Niners, if they lose, they're 4-4. Four and four. Seahawks, if they lose, they're 5-2, and two, and they're right back in the thick of things, not as looking as good as they were when they were undefeated just a short week ago, uh, you know, atop this NFC West division that's right now, you know, the premier of the NFL. This is just, they showed us two great games last season. It was like it, the, the Niners made the play right at the goal line, you know, inches away from losing the division. And that sprung them to the uh, to an NFC title in the Super Bowl. You know, I, I think that it's it uh, it's not as big of a matchup, but it's 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 huge as far as playoff imp- implications can go in Week Eight of the NFL season. Without a doubt. I mean, again, any games in the NFC West, uh, any NFC West uh, battle is going to be a, exactly that, a battle. And we talked about the Seahawks last week when they uh, took on the Arizona Cardinals, the game where the Cardinals came away with the victory in overtime. And I said, you know what, that defense was going to catch up to Seattle at some point. It did. It caught up to them and it made them go ahead and make a move for Carlos Dunlap, who I don't know what he's going to bring to the table. Won't play this week, but I, at some point, I guess he's going to do something for them defensively. I don't know what he's going to do, but I think your spot on as far as this game being a shootout. It should be fun. Uh, I think Seattle comes away with this victory just because, again, I believe so much in Russell Wilson like I did a week ago, but uh, a week ago he ended up losing the game. So uh, this should be a fun one, man. The NFC West is a hell of a division. I definitely like to uh, pay attention to what's going on there because somebody is going to make a deep playoff run coming out of that division. Well, my final game in the six-pack I-, I think might very well be the best game of the weekend, period, and it's an early game, and I don't understand how it's an early kick and the 2-5 and five Cowboys and the 2-4-1 and four, one and Eagles are a night game, but 6-0 and oh Steelers, 5-1 and one Ravens. This rivalry, it doesn't really get any better than this in the NFL, especially in this uh, era of football where the rivalries aren't really what they used to be. There's still a lot of blood, bad blood, excuse me, in this uh, in this uh, rivalry between Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Uh, both two dynamic teams. Uh, one loss between the two teams. Steelers are cooking with grease, like I like to say, and the, and the Baltimore Ravens are right behind them. So, uh, man, this is going to be a fun one. The only thing uh, that I don't like about this game is it's being played early in the day. Uh, I just I don't know. It's it's so hard to go seven and zero in the league. It's hard to go undefeated. Obviously, it's so hard to go undefeated. So my heart wants to tell me that, uh, or my brain tells me Pittsburgh is going to drop a game. But then my heart tells me, wow, this Pittsburgh Steelers team looks really stinking good. So uh, so so maybe they'll find a way to get this W over uh, Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, just because I think Big Ben is the better all around quarterback uh, between him and uh, Lamar Jackson, I'm going to roll with Pittsburgh. But uh, if the Ravens come up and win the game, wouldn't be shocked and wouldn't be ashamed to say, hey, I got that one wrong. Yeah, the Steelers, I think, a little probably hungry for this one after getting swept last year in this in this series between the Ravens and, and Pittsburgh. And it's a rivalry renewed. I love it. It was one of the best rivalries for close to half a decade. The coaches are the same. John Harbaugh, Mike Tomlin, they've been there forever. You know, no longer your Heinz Wards or your T-Sizzles, Terrell Suggs, but there's still a ton of star power. And uh, I'd love to just see what Big Ben and just all those great receivers that he has, including, you know, the guy Chase Claypool, who's hit the scene as one of the best rookies. You know, it's it's a ton of pa- firepower going up against a great defense and the Baltimore Ravens, a strength for us, the strength, this rivalry is great. Uh, you know, I... I kind of think that Pittsburgh, after dropping two games in a row to the Ravens, they might be uh, just just focused and zeroed in on this contest. But the Ravens, absolutely, Lamar Jackson, he can get it done just as well. I'm just going to give the edge right now to the Steelers. Good call. Good call. I, I like that. 
<laughs> that's good. Good decisions right there. And, uh, yeah, it should be fun, man. It's going to be a lot of good games coming up this weekend. So that's all we got for you for our six-pack. We we crack open some cold ones each and every week here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Coming up in segment number three, Chad Millman from the Action Network. He's going to he's gonna tell you how to win some money, man. This is where we get down, and, and uh, after we have a few six-packs or after we uh, put away some <laughs> six-packs, we got to get some money, right? So we're going to go earn some money with Chad Millman coming up in segment number three of the Locked On NFL Podcast. We're back. It's Locked On NFL Podcast. Bo Brock, your boy Q. Give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On NFL Pods. We got our next guest coming up as he does every Friday. It's Chad Millman, the Action Network. The podcast is the favorites for the best innings, betting insight around all the week eight action that you can stand. And we've got some winners to tell you about. Chad, how's it going, man? It is going well. I'm super excited for the weekend just because I keep winning. And so these weekends just they're turning into glorious, glorious events. And your winning is turning into my winning. And hopefully it's turning into our win- our listeners winning because, uh, yeah, I was kind of following your path last weekend and the last couple weekends, and it's been fruitful. Well, listen, I'm here for the people. <laughs> you are. That's absolutely right. Despite your ongoing, I guess, uh, rivalry with my co-host Q, and we've got a game on our docket this week where it's his Las Vegas Raiders against the Cleveland Browns. Are you going to go against the silver and black this week as far as the spreads? I 100% am going against the silver and black this week, only partially because I know how much it irks Q. But also, <laughs> I, I just feel like the line is too low. Look, it moved from three and a half to two and a half. You've got a ton of money and a ton of bets coming in on the Raiders. And what you have in the Browns is like a, a team that I think when they when they are at their best, they are running the ball. And this Raiders defense is is not a team that has shown the ability to really stop anybody at any time. And the Browns, when they're running the ball and only having Baker throw it as he needs to throw it, regardless of last weekend. Um, they can win. They can beat bad teams. And the Raiders are a mediocre team. So to me, I'm getting a better team at less than a field goal at home. Uh, That feels like a recipe for success. Let's take a look at this very, very mediocre matchup between the Lions at 3-3 and and the 4-2 and Colts. Uh, Indy's won three of the last five. They're three-point favorites. Chad, how you you feeling about this game? Yeah, it's like... uh, the, the Falcons uh, are the only team that found a way to score a game-losing touchdown. <laughs> but I do, I do like the Colts in this game. A, look, look at it from the top down. Number one, they have a better coach. Like, they will outcoach the Lions. They will be smarter strategically. They will be smarter with clock management. They will be smarter in game planning. B, they're coming off a bye. C, the Colts defense, which was the strength of this team as we got into their bye week, is going to be much healthier. That was the one challenge they were having as they went into the bye. And see, like, this is a Lions team that doesn't get credit for going on the road and beating the Jags and doesn't get credit for uh, coming back against the Falcons because everybody comes back against the Falcons. So they're getting a lot of sort of love for doing things that, feel spectacular, but when you dig into the box score, are not that spectacular. So to me, getting the Colts as a three-point favorite here, that feels a little bit like a steal. Like before these last couple of weeks, 
you would have been getting this game at much, much higher. And the Colts have not gotten worse in these two weeks. It's the Locked On NFL podcast. Bo Brock, your boy Q. We're joined by Chad Millman of, of course, the Action Network, the podcast of favorites. Give him a follow on Twitter at Chad Millman for more betting insight. Now, here's a matchup that actually features a pair of teams that just have two victories, two and four teams, and it's the Broncos and the Chargers with an intriguing matchup of young quarterbacks where one is trending in the right direction, the other is trending in the wrong direction. You talk about beating the Jaguars. That's what the Chargers did last week, and the Bolts, they're three-point favorites against the Broncos. Yeah, and I don't like the Bolts as three-point favorites on the road in Denver. Um, it's not a good look for them. The they're, they're getting a little bit too much love for having beaten the Jags, just like we said about the Lions. And the Broncos, like, you know what? They lost to the Chiefs in a bad way, but this is a team that tends to keep the offense in front of them. And what I mean by that is they don't usually give up the big plays and they find ways to scratch out enough points to keep the games close. So if I'm getting them as a three-point dog, and I think like a lot of people are just sort of looking at what they did against the Chiefs and looking how bad Drew Locke looked and thinking, wow, this team can't really play anybody. But nobody's ever as bad as they look on TV when they look at their worst. Uh, and this Broncos team certainly defensively uh, can give the Chargers fits. Let the listeners know about a pair of teams that are absolutely trending in different directions. The Saints, they've won three straight. And the Bears, well, they had a brutal Monday night loss against the Rams, but they're 5-2 and two and getting four and a half points at home. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Oh, I like the Bears. And I, I, look, I, I am biased for the Bears always, but <laughs> I know better than to just bet blindly on the Bears. And this is exactly, look, the Bears looked dreadful against the Rams on Monday night. But this is one of those buy low scenarios because this game opened at three. And then as soon as that game was over on Tuesday morning, it was up to four and a half. And this is really interesting. Like right now we're seeing at the Action Network and you can get this free in the app, we're seeing 55% of the bets coming in on the Saints, but more than 50% of the money coming in on the Bears. And when there's that kind of discrepancy, what that's telling you is that the professional bettors like the Bears. When money is higher on one side than tickets are on the other side, then the, when money is high and tickets are high on the other side, that means the, the squares are betting on the favorite and the professionals are betting on the underdog. That's interesting. Let's wrap things up with a big showdown in the NFC West. It's the Seahawks coming off of their first loss of the season, going up against the San Francisco 49ers who just beat the uh, just beat blew the doors off the New England Patriots last weekend. Seahawks, though, three three point favorites at home. Who do you like in this NFC West showdown? Yeah, I like it. I like the Seahawks at three. And it, I wouldn't like it if it was more than that. And the game came down. It used to be at three and a half, and now it's at three. Um, the challenge for me, as good as the Niners are, and they are great, they just continue to be decimated with injuries. And I think losing Debo Samuel, like he has been so effective as a guy who changes the course of direction on the field and runs these counters and runs these reverses that really racks up big yards and makes the defense stay honest. And without him on the field, it's a little bit of a different game. Brandon Ayuk is great. He's a great player and has shown to be, and you probably know him very well, Bo, but like he is shown to be not as physical as Debo Samuel. He's more of an up and down, you know, north-south kind of threat. 
And so I don't think that's something that can really make the difference for what they're going to lose for Debo Samuel. Yeah, it doesn't seem like the Niners can do what opposing offenses have been able to take advantage of against the Seahawks, and that's their passing attack. And when you only have one, I mean, as far as George Kittle, guy that's going to make an impact, it seems like it's going to be tough to cover against a team like the Seahawks and that offensive firepower. It's uh, the Locked On NFL podcast. Bo Brock, your boy Q, Chad Millman. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at Chad Millman. You're listening to his podcast, The Favorites. You're downloading the Action Network app for all the betting insight that you can take. Let's win some money this weekend. You bet, brother. So there it is, Bo. That's Chad Millman. Joins us each and every Friday here on the Locked On NFL podcast, trying to help some folks win some money. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys, Bo, that doesn't really dibble and dabble too much and try to win some money. But uh, Chad gave us some good ones this week, so I may kind of test my luck a little bit. I got a little bit of extra dinero in the in the bank account, so maybe I'll maybe I'll roll the dice a little bit, see if I can win some money. But I think I think Chad gave us some good ones there. Yeah, I know you're going to shy away from his Browns bet this week, Q, as, <laughs> as that continues, but uh, absolutely make some cheese this, this weekend. There's some great games. I'm looking forward to it. The team I cover is on by. There's some good games I can just tune into. Cannot wait for that showdown between Pittsburgh and Baltimore, and I want to see what Tua's got as well. Looking forward to that as well. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun weekend, man. Always good games. Uh, I think we got the week started uh, really, really good on uh, on Thursday night with Atlanta and Carolina. Even they're the two underachieving teams. Still a pretty exciting game. And uh, it's Halloween weekend. It's be the first of the month on Sunday. So uh, what, what can possibly go wrong, right? There's always chaos in the NFL. So looking forward to it, man. Enjoy your, enjoy your uh, weekend. Enjoy the games. And uh, we'll be back doing it again next Friday. Sounds good. Peter Bukowski on Monday to recap it all right here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Boom.